From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. Focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour. This is indeed the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And we're glad to be looking at Lori Power sitting right across the desk. These associate superintendent of schools for the diocese of Sacramento. Lori, how are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you today, Bob? Very good. Very yeah. good. I'm, I'm uh, praying for spring. Yeah, right. We prayed for rain and we got it. And I said, okay, God, thank you. <laughs> we drove down to the Bay Area yesterday and all the hills, you know, the Vacaville oh, and green. Fairfield Hills, green, they're like that green velvet already. Looks it's like it's Ireland. Beautiful. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a transformation. It's just gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and it's funny because, you know, late summer, early fall, it's that amber color, you know, amber's waves mm-hmm. of green. And it's beautiful in its own way. Yeah. And then it turns. It just, nature is relentless. Yeah. You know, nobody's out there, you know, trying to make it green or it's just, it's all on its own. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. It was spectacular yeah. yesterday. Really pretty. And that, we saw a double rainbow driving down Texas. Yeah. It was raining. It was just, it was a beautiful drive. Yeah. It was yeah. fun. Double so. rainbow, I think, means you got Jesus and Mary. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, good. I'll take yeah. it. I'll yeah. take them both. Anytime I can get both of them, I'll take them. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite, quite something. So, yeah. all kinds of things happening. You know, I was just looking at a story. It said Catholic schools during the pandemic mm-hmm. had outperformed everybody. They did, yeah. We had great results. And even in our own diocese, we had, um, you know, they talk about a lot of academic slump and, you know, the gap. And we just kept plugging along. So we're really proud of that. So what do you attribute that to? I mean, without completely patting yourself on the back, yeah. which you should, yeah, well, but what do you me. attribute it to? dedication of our principals and teachers yeah. and i know we probably say that yeah, over and no, over again it's true. you know but it's the truth um that sense of mission a sense of mission and that they just wanted the best for every single student and and same with our public school teachers too i would, would never want to take anything away from them um, but we just have a, a lot more control over what we're doing sure, sure. so our teachers were able to jump on board and and meet kids where they were and you know within a couple of days of it all starting so dedicated teachers and principals who just gave their all for oh gosh what was supposed to be two weeks and it ended up being what two and a half years two and a half years yeah in fact so, we're, uh, i remember march 13th yeah, friday the 13th coming yeah next month yeah, will be next three month. years it's like yeah. a blur it's like a bad science fiction movie i, I still don't think it's been that long but it has it ha- i know and, and you know and, and it's it's interesting because the doctors the uh, epidemiologists, all those people, they were shooting in the dark. Yeah. They just didn't, they didn't know how to treat it. They, they didn't know what they were up against. Yeah. And people were dying. That was terrible. I call that building the airplane as you're going down the runway. Like we're oh, just like yeah. stabbing at things as we're going along trying to that figure was, it out. That's yeah. perfect, you know. Yeah. And, and, and even even now there's there's debate like if, if if we know now what we knew then, could we have saved a lot of lives? Probably, yeah, yeah. probably because we'd have figured out ways to treat it a yeah. lot, a lot earlier. But we didn't know. We were yeah, flying in the dark for sure. And then the shutting everything down, yeah. which there's tremendous backlash to. Yeah. Um, not not necessarily a majority backlash, but but there was a yeah. lot, a oh, lot sure. of a lot of backlash. Sure, yeah. And, and I think that's where we were successful is that we were able to open our schools relatively. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we were shut for a few months, of course, like everybody right. else, where we had to, you know, that was just mandated. But but um, you were you were online right away. Oh, within Monday, yeah. yeah Monday. By the sixteenth, yeah, we were online right. and you know doing all the Google Classroom and yeah. I um, want to know what happened the, on the fourteenth and the fifteenth. Oh, the, I, it was so funny. I went to mass on the fifteenth um, Sunday morning early, like seven thirty mass, and I ran into one of the teachers from one of our schools, and she was like, she looked like a deer in the headlights. She looked like she was in <laughs> yeah. shock, and I and and, and I said. Oh, Christina, how are you doing? She goes, I don't know. Like this, this look of like, what are we do? What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Like really shocked face. Yeah, yeah. And I said, you're going to pull it off. You're going to do it. She goes, I don't know how we're going to do this. I just don't know what's going to happen. And, and sure enough, they did. Cause so. even like on Wednesday, the 11th or Thursday, the 12th, nobody, nobody knew. I, I remember there was, there was, I think it was Sheldon high school in Elk Grove was in the basketball playoffs, the boys' team was, and they were maybe going to win everything. Yeah. And it, and it was like, 
are they going to get to play or are they not going to get to play? It was this whole, and then I think they were playing De La Salle or something, and they were yeah. supposed to play at Sheldon, but Sheldon had had a kid sick or something, yeah. and then maybe they're going to play at De La and then they canceled that, and then it was just like, and then there was an NBA player, a Utah player, and yeah. it was a Kings game, yeah. and they were all set to start the game, and the officials come out and they start talking to each other, and then they announce there will be a five-minute delay and stuff, and then all of a sudden they announce there will not be a game tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Because one player had tested positive, yeah. and then boom, it just all crashed at once. Yeah, I think that was like on the Tuesday night, and then on Wednesday, which would have been what the eleventh. Yeah, and the NBA said we're postponing the we're season. Done. We're done with the season. And the NBA like, canceled the entire March, March Madness. Madness. You, and you know that's yeah. It. You know that's big with all that money. That's, yeah, huge, yeah. huge. <laughs> Anyhow, so we've learned a lot through all this. We've you know we've made some real positive strides because of it you know um so that's a blessing in disguise for us um are there but, things you've kept from what you did during the pandemic or is it sort of back to the way we did things before no it opened our eyes to a lot of wonderful things our teachers are definitely i think a lot more tech savvy than uh -huh. they were and we had some really real tech savvy teachers before as well but those that were a little bit more hesitant did just kind of basics with technology got really comfortable really fast with it. So they've used a lot of communications with parents, a lot of you know, just teaching strategies. And yeah. yeah, so that's been really helpful to our schools. Um, I know from a diocesan perspective, just being able to have Zoom meetings is, was, that would have taken us 10 years to get to yeah. where we went within a week. Yeah. So we're able to, you know, because our diocese is so geographically huge. So to be able to have a Zoom meeting, like yeah. every other meeting have in person and the next one be Zoom, is really, really helpful to everybody so they're not having to drive into Sacramento all the time. So, From Wairika. From well, wherever. Was, well, yeah, but schools, Redding but and Venetia, yeah. you know, and yeah, sure. and El Dorado South Hills Lake and things. Tahoe. I mean, it's always great to be in yeah. person, of course, but um, it's nice to have that option as well. Yeah. And I think we're kind of used to that whole, you know, Brady Bunch square look. At first, it was really hard. Like, who do I look to? You know, where do I look? What do I say? And, you know, yeah. you forget to mute yourself. And then you forget to unmute yourself when it's your turn to talk. I mean, all those things that we had to learn. But um, that's been a real, I think, a blessing for us, for sure. I was I was, I was, was stunned. Uh, I, I think it was Easter Sunday, which would have been a little bit, I can't remember quite where Easter was then, but at least a couple of weeks yeah. later, maybe even three weeks yeah. later, at, at my home parish, Father Ray at St. James, um, who's now St. Francis here in Sacramento, yeah. but he was alone basically, mm. and we're watching it on the TV. Yeah. Thank goodness we had a teenager who knew how to get it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. And and it was like he's given a homily, like the church is packed, you know. And I'm thinking how hard that must have been, and yeah. especially if you uh, decide to be. Uh, tell a little joke or, yeah. or or be a little little levity yeah. nobody's laughing nobody's right. smiling right you're not looking out and seeing if people are are engaged or if they're walking out the door or, or what you can't, yeah you can't get that body language or nothing. there's nothing yet to relate and, and to i thought how hard must that have been to do yeah and then you know the the the, the you're not sure i mean here you're in the living room with your kids they were uh, all teenagers at the time, and um, and it's like, well, what are we? I mean, are we going to wear our pajamas? Are we going to get dressed like we're going to mass? Yeah, yeah. Are going to put a coat and tie on? Yeah. What you know? It's just yeah. There is some. I mean, other than not being able to receive the Eucharist, there was some beauty in that though, where you're able to be at home and celebrate mass because that oh, doesn't yeah. happen. No. So there's beauty in that as well. Yeah. You know, to have that that familial experience. In the comfort of your in home. In the comfort of your home, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember when um, when John Paul II died, mm -hmm. they, the, his funeral was on national television yeah. at 2 in the morning. And I guess because I was I was doing this radio show then, uh, I got a call from Channel 3 ahead of time and said, um, are, are you going to be watching the funeral mass? And it's like, I guess I am now, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, and, uh, uh, and well, we'd like to come out and be there. And they probably weren't going to run it live, but because they, well, they were showing the funeral mass, but maybe in the morning news or their right. morning, you know, morning show or something they were going to. And I said, sure, you know, of course, you know, anything to 
spread the spread the, the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, they're going to come out to my living room, and I'm allegedly this devout devout <laughs> devout Catholic, well, which I am, but you know, I mean, and my kids are. <laughs> They were really young. Yeah, they're asleep. Four of them. <laughs> well, they're asleep, but they're you know still at that age where they they're going to be wailing in the night for right. something under the bed, you know, and and I'm like, this is what am I going to do? What am I going to wear? And, and am I going to be down on my knees in the living room yeah. in front of the TV? You know, like the TV is. Uh, it just it was oddest, oddest. I think it was Tom Duhane came out. Okay, and he was very understanding, but it was just, it was, it was just odd. You know, it was, yeah. It like, was, do I need to be extremely reverent? Like, yeah, yeah, in my like, living room, or well, do I just participate like normally yeah, in the mass, or what? Yeah, it was a funeral mass, yeah. and and I remember NBC had kind of a like a golf kind of commentator. Yeah. Play, the play-by-play. The play-by-play to explain it to the people yeah. who weren't Catholic mm-hmm. or a lot of us mm-hmm. Catholics who mm-hmm. might not quite know yeah. what's going on. And he's now, they're now doing this. Yeah. Catholics believe. You know, yeah. you're like, yeah. oh, it was it was an odd couple of hours. <laughs> and, and there's TV cameras in the living room. It's just you know? crazy. Oh, my and gosh. I better be reverent. But, yes. but at the same time, you, you, Tom Duhane's there with his microphone wanting to talk yeah. to you. Yeah, so, strange experience. Very for you. strange. Very strange. God. Did you did you save the recording from when they put it on the air? I think they burned it. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't that good. Burn it. <laughs> he wasn't that no, devout. No. Yeah, God has a sense of humor. <laughs> Always he put, he put me in that <laughs> that position. Yeah. yeah. So you got so many things coming up this spring. We do. We are very proud to offer our students a lot of opportunities. You know, they are very involved in athletics and yeah. performing arts in their own in their schools. But from a diocesan perspective, we offer a lot of student competitions, yep. student events. So we've already had a couple. I know that you've you've met our students from our speech contest yes. and from our religion competition. And um, next thing we have up was our choral festival. So we have our school choirs come to uh, Christian Brothers High School, oh, yeah. and they perform for. The crowd. Um, we have adjudicators who are the uh, music directors, choral directors from all of our Catholic high schools. So these would be high school kids. No, our our mm-hmm. elementary school kids. Our elementary, elementary school. school kids. Sorry, okay. I should explain the elementary school choirs come and perform, and then the high school music directors give their time and come, and then they. It's not it's not a a contest, so they don't mm-hmm. judge them. But what right. they do, they s- score them in specific areas, and then they take about ten or fifteen minutes, and they go up and they work with the choir. Oh wow! After which is really really awesome. So they'll be like, altos, I want you to hold that note longer, and let's try it this way. And mm-hmm. they just try to mix it up a little bit, and then the choir does something a little different, and it's just like this inspiring sound. And yeah. So they do that with all of our choirs, and then at the end, our uh, schools all have practiced a, a similar song, and so they all sing. So you have about 400, oh, wow. 500 kids all singing harmonies, yeah. everything to this one song. So the whole gym is just filled with this beautiful yeah. transformation of the voices wow. of our of our kids. So that's coming up, and that is, I think, my all-time favorite event of the entire year because it's just so beautiful to see these kids just – well, praying and song, you know, it's yeah. all we always do faith-based songs and um, just beautiful. So that's wow. that's a wonderful experience for them. So what's the date of that? That is March 3rd. It's Friday, March 3rd Friday, at Christian March Brothers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, 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 does each school have a choir? Most schools do. Um, some they schools, have one choir. Yeah. And, and it would be... Open to all age groups are probably every dominated by the older kids. Every school's different. We have some choirs that come and they're grades two through eight. We have some choirs come and they're strictly a junior high choir. It just depends on the the interest of the school, the number of students in the classes, um, the patience of the choir director, <laughs> because you get you get a bunch yeah. of second graders in a choir, you know, who who can't really yeah. read the music yet or read the. It gets a little bit tricky. So it just all depends. Um, but it's a beautiful it's a beautiful experience to, to see. And is it. it sort of up to each choir director and principal, et cetera, to what songs they perform and 
et cetera? Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that we ask for this is that it is a religious song, some kind of a faith-based song, but they can do, perform whatever. A lot of times they'll do something that they're familiar with from their school masses or right. something like that. Um, but it's always different. Every year it, the songs are always so different. And a lot of times they're songs I've never even heard of right. before. So that's really inspiring. Will most of them end up singing at a Saturday or a Sunday Mass as well? Yeah, a lot of them will do that. They'll sing mm -hmm. at their school Masses and on the weekends when they have school Masses. Um, they'll, some of our school choirs sing at, you know, parishioners' funerals. I mean, mm -hmm. it's a it's a variety of, of um, things that they, that they will offer their services, quote-unquote, for. Yeah. Um, but really beautiful. Wow. Yeah, so that's fun. That's a fun event. I remember, uh, like... <laughs> I've told this story before. I, um, my oldest daughter uh, was at St. James in Davis, and they would they would they'd have the children's mass on Christmas Eve, mm -hmm. the so-called children's mass at four thirty or something like that, and it would always be packed. And and but there would be a solo of O Holy Night right at the end of mass, mm -hmm. and it was between my daughter and this girl named Renee. And my daughter could imitate Renee very well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I don't know how the, it, it wasn't a, a formal, I mean, it was a competition within the class, right. I guess, you know, but they, they, they knew they were the two that were eligible for this. And Renee got it. So, you know, we, and I, I'm guessing it was seventh or eighth grade. And, probably eighth and so we go to you know the christmas eve mass and renee sings oh holy night and and my daughter was in the choir though and she was she was fine but she's you know she's eighth grader you right. know anyway right. and and she had you know it was an important part of her life i guess the way like maybe little league was in my life you know and <laughs> and two years ago we went to the children's mass this is like 30 years later, at least, at least. Wow. <laughs> Even uh, probably 35 years later, I'm date, yeah. dating myself. Yeah. We, w we went to the children's mass and uh, at St. James, and we get to the end of mass, and we're, we're sort of unsighted. We can't really see because everybody's standing. It's, it's just packed. And here comes a holy night. And and my daughter, adult with her two children, is is with us. And after two notes, we looked at each other and said, "It's Renee." Oh my gosh! <laughs> like, like it has to be. It was and because it was an adult voice, but it was Renee. There was no there was no question about it. And it was it was Renee who is now a performer in Nashville and I guess had come home to be with family or something and had my daughter had not seen her since since uh, St. James and of course we all got together afterwards and had a good laugh about it. but it was like again God has a sense of humor yeah for sure yeah yeah that's awesome and and this person had such a distinctive voice that 30 years later, we write her eighth grade voice. I mean, it had changed, right. but it was, it was still her. After a couple of notes, you're like, yeah, we know that. We voice. know that voice. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. But so that's, that's one of your, uh, the choral is, is March the 3rd. And then the next day. Next day is our big academic decathlon, which is an exciting event. That's at Jesuit high school. And um, that is a 10-part event that day where we have a logic quiz, and then we have eight individual subject tests, and then we have a super quiz, um, and then big awards at the end, and the gym gets packed. It's like a, it's just like a going to a basketball championship yeah. high school game. It's just packed, and the energy is amazing, and, and uh, we have a wonderful MC who's going to be there for our super quiz this year, Mr. Bob Dunning. I'm wow. so glad that you're going to do that. I'm thrilled. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. And yeah. this is the it's national now. It is national. We have 256 schools wow. participating this year, um, all the way from uh, South Carolina and Maine and Virginia and Houston, Galveston, um, Idaho, Montana, 
all over the place. We've the got kids in Maine are going to have to thaw the, their vocal cords. They are. They are. They start. They'll start three hours later because we all have to be mm-hmm. on the exact same because of the security of all the tests. So it, they'll start three hours later. So we start at eight. So they don't have to start till eleven. So they might have a little more time to thaw things out. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, wow. So how do they participate? They participate. So they participate virtually. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a whole, it's called the independent leagues. We have it for all these schools, all of Catholic schools all over the country that want to participate. Um, and if they have five or more uh, teams in their diocese, they can choose to have an in-person event like we do. Mm-hmm. So it, it, that's a, it's hard for a brand new diocese to bite that off. Right, but um, right. Houston and Galveston, they have 13, they just jumped in this year. They have 13 schools participating, wow. and they're doing it in person. So we're working really closely with them to kind of give them you know, all the tricks of the trade yeah, and like yeah. what to do, what we've learned along the way, what not to do. So we're working with them. Um, but that's really exciting that it's really taken off. And, wow. Yeah. So what age group is this? This is 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. 6th, 7th. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, they're amazing. It's a funny, funny event. You're going to be so blown away. Now, so within the Diocese of Sacramento, though, it will all be in person? Yes. Mm-hmm. So kids will be coming from... Maybe from Reading area and yeah, and they're from all, all, over. all over the diocese. Mm-hmm. And then what we also do, we welcome. There's one school in the diocese of Santa Rosa, Saint Apollinaris in uh-huh. Napa, and every year they participate. And even before we started taking this nationally, we always invited them to come to our event in person. Um, and then they would just be scored differently because it wouldn't impact the Diocese of Sacramento scores. So, but they get to come participate in the whole day event with all the kids. Wow. And the, so that's when, so they'll come again this year. We used to have some schools from the Diocese of Reno also, mm-hmm. but two years in a row, this was about five or six years ago, we had horrible snowstorms yeah. both years in a row. So they couldn't make it over the hill yeah. either year. So they said, you know, we can't do this anymore, which was unfortunate because it was fun to have them too. Yeah. I, w- I, I drove by St. Apollinaris one time, and, 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 and I, the name just, all I could think of was honeybees, because <laughs> of pollen. Yeah, you know. yeah. Maybe it's the patron saint of uh, pollination. I don't know. It's a, it's a very unusual name. <laughs> it is. They just call it St. A's. St. A's, Not yeah. by it's just St. A's is all they, they yeah. it's known by. So uh, the, uh, In Sacramento, the one that always gets, makes me smile is St. Mel's. St. Mel. There's, yeah. the, there's Mel's Diner yeah. in, Sac- in San Francisco. Yeah. You know, they go, St. Mel's. Yeah, St. Mel's. It doesn't Mel. have that, that, I don't know. That respectful that, yeah, name. That, that, yeah, that, 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 you know. Robust. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and, Mel. And, and kind of ancient, you know. Yeah. Yeah. St. Mel. Okay. You That's kind of, good. You I kind like of picture what a St. Mel might look like. What did St. Mel look like? Is he flipping burgers? Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. That's great. Yeah, so that'll That's be fun. Great. So we're looking forward to having you. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Do I do I have to do a lot of homework? I will prepare you. Um, the super quiz has a lot of has 50 questions, and um, some of them are phonetically challenging a little bit. So we'll go through it step by step before phonetically, and, which is is not spelled phonetically. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly. The, the ultimate H. irony. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> um, so we'll go through it, but oh, you'll be you'll be absolutely great. It's going to be so much fun. So my Alex Trebek, sort of. You are Alex Trebek. Yes, you are exactly. Because, I mean, of course, he's gone on right. to Jeopardy in the Sky, mm-hmm. but but he always made you think that he knew the answer. You know, like yeah, I mean, gonna, like like he would yeah. if, if he was playing the game, he would have won. Right. Yeah, I mean, it was Be- like, well, oh, oh, the answer is, you, know, you didn't have to look at it. You know. Well, he never stumbled over anything never stumbled. either. Yeah. yeah, that's like Ken Jennings is the same way. They just, yeah. they just, it just rolls off their tongue, exactly. everything. It's going to be the same for you, Bob, okay. I promise, okay? Of course, Ken Jennings did know the answer. Yeah, he's, he's pretty darn smart, <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. It'll be fun. So, okay, so I will, I will learn to pronounce these words. You'll be, you'll be great. You'll be great. A lot of fun. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had to do a, 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 a some wine event MC one time, and and it took me a week to, you know, some of the French wines and oh, you yeah. know to, to learn. Okay, how do you how do you pronounce these? Oh, that would be really really tough. Yeah, you don't want to mess those up. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you might get less money for those if you mess yeah, them up. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so. And then. The Mental Math Bowl? Yes, we have a Mental Math Bowl every year for our first through fifth graders. And that is quite an impressive event. 
it's a mental math bowl. It's everything's done in their head and they have to buzz in kind of like Wheel of Fortune with the buzzer or oh. Jeopardy with the buzzer. And they have to give the answers and we give points for them all. And it's these little six-year-olds who are all up there in four different categories for first grade. Their and then first? each grade. Start first through eight, fifth grade. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's, and I always tell the teachers who nominate the two kids to come, I say, make sure that they, it, it's a little bit intimidating because if they don't get the answer right or if they don't buzz in in time it can be overwhelming for little ones so let them know that I mean, this is going to be a little bit hectic you know so um yeah it's it's and there i used to be really really sharp with all that and the older i get we're god we're doing the fifth grade math these mental math these problems that the yeah. kids are like buzzing in without yeah. <laughs> with before even the equal is you know yeah, yeah. i'm like i i'm still on the first two numbers of the part of the right, question right. in my head trying to figure that out so smart so they're so smart. just they're they're math problems yeah they're just math problems where there's each each grade level has different um categories that pertain to their math standards of that grade level it could be on time it could be on money it could be on um you know functions it could be on you know double digit addition at plus 10 it can be on a variety of things wow. yeah yes it can be on a variety time intervals and it's all done they don't see anything they have to they're listening and then buzzing in wow yeah. once yeah, i get past fingers and toes i'm done <laughs> well yeah it, it's it is amazing it is amazing it's um it's a fun really fun experience for them and it's fun for those kids that are really good at math they're really strong at math but they really don't have a way to show their strength except in their classroom so it's fun to be able to compete um you know with other schools and and such I, I my my wife Shelley told me she grew up in Wyoming and and they had a, a, a spelling bee and she got to the she got to the finals I think this is about sixth grade at, in a Catholic school and she got she got to the finals and the kid she was up against had I think maybe couldn't speak at all and so. Wow got to use a chalkboard to write to write the word yeah wow. spell the word yeah. out and she had to do it like spell elephant e l e you know right right and and she says she said if she had a chalkboard you know it was like it was like it, it was interesting because i mean obviously this is how they had to do it right but but because sometimes, you know, we'd be in the living room, somebody's typing something or, you know, and say, how do you spell a word? And it's a lot harder to do it out of your head than but to write it down. Than, than to yeah. write it down because yeah. you're kind of looking at it as you're writing it down. Yeah. But kudos to that school. That was inclusion yeah, way before way its time. Way before inclusion we, was a word. A word. Yes, yeah. that's that's amazing. Yeah. Not not good for Shelley, but certainly yeah, great right. for that student said, who needed said, that. you're... You're first in my heart, you know. <laughs> Can you spell that? <laughs> Can you spell that? H H. Yeah, yeah. So that that one that one sounds like. Now, where is that? Where? Uh, we have that at St. Mel, actually. Just oh, really? St. Mel, there yes, we, we have St. Mel at their parish center, right across the, the street oh, from the, the school. The beautiful parish mm-hmm. center. Beautiful. We always do it there. It's a perfect location, and that's at the end of April. Okay. And then we start kind of winding things down. We used to have our eighth grade mass with Bishop in May, but then our teachers requested, could we start the year with our eighth grade mass with Bishop? Because May gets way too busy and crazy. Right. And so now we have our eighth grade mass with Bishop always in September, which well, is wonderful down at the at the cathedral. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, everything's back to normal. Back Presumably. to normal, yeah. Back to normal, yes, for sure. We're we're so grateful. We're so grateful to be back to normal, whatever normal is. And enrollment is up. Enrollment is up. Yeah, we were really blessed with that. We are we we had an opportunity to prove ourselves and to show who we are, and you know these wonderful mission driven schools and and people jumped in because they wanted to. People they wanted, wanted the kids in person. Get- they wanted the students. In school, and in then person. liked what they found. Liked, and they're not leaving. They're staying, and they're telling their friends. We have some schools are like their friends, friends, friends are now coming. So it's pretty awesome. Well, we uh, the the Catholic, the most recent Catholic Herald on the Catholic schools uh, had a story about a little boy in Davis at St. James, eight years old, Ricky. Yeah, he lives 
directly across the street from us. And it was one of those stories. The parents aren't Catholic, mm-hmm. and and they wanted Ricky back in school, and <laughs> St. James had a waiting list even, but then they called them and said, we've got, a, we've got an opening. Yeah. And he went, and about, oh, it was this fall, I think, I walked outside on a Saturday morning, and there were cars all up and down the street. And, and I ran into Ricky's grandfather, who also lives in Davis, and, and I said, what's going on? Is somebody's birthday? Or And he said, no, Ricky's getting baptized into the Catholic Church today. <laughs> And I said, really? And he said, yeah, he started going to St. James, and he fell in love with the, the faith and everything. And so the, Harold did a whole story on it. Yeah, him. it's so special. So what a beautiful story. And that's what we're about. We yeah. want to evangelize and you know, welcome everyone into our faith. And Ricky has two very young siblings, and mom, is already, mom and dad have already said, yep, they're Everyone to St. James, too. Yeah, that's amazing. That's <laughs> great. great story. Good, yeah. good. That's wonderful. Well, Lori, th- thanks for all you do for yeah. our great Catholic schools. I'll look forward to seeing you on, well, probably before the 4th, because you're going to prep me. I will prep you. I promise you we will prep, yes. And I need a, a, a couple of weeks? No, or? <laughs> you'll be just fine. No, no. So. Very good. Well, thank you, and blessings to all the great teachers and staff and principals and at the, our great Catholic schools. Thanks, Bob. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. We'll take a quick break. Back with more in the Bishop's Hour right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at their thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrusites. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town uh, and throughout the Diocese of Sacramento who have provided underwriting for the Bishop's Hour. Uh, some in the last few years, some uh, have been with us for a very long time. If you would like to be an underwriter for the Bishop's Radio Hour, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to to support this mission and also to support the diocese and also uh, to get some uh, recognition for uh, your organization or for your business. The easiest way to do this is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about uh, helping to underwrite the Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org. Uh, this is Bishop William K. Wiegand, the Bishop Emeritus of Sacramento, and you're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Denning. Thank you, Bishop Wiegand, for all you do and have done and continue to do here in the Diocese of Sacramento. Greatly appreciated. Uh, thanks for, for that fine introduction. Uh, the uh, 
The Catholic community in the United States does something amazing each Lent through prayers, fasting, and almsgiving. We give families around the world the tools they need to rise above poverty and provide for themselves and their communities during Lent 2023. This Lent, we encourage you to participate in the CRS Rice Bowl. That's from Catholic Relief Services, their Lenten program. CRS Rice Bowl provides free resources to bring Lenten spirituality to life for families and parish and school communities while connecting Catholics in the Diocese of Sacramento with our brothers and sisters in need around the world. Uh, be sure to order a CRS Rice Bowl and Lenten calendar for each family in your community. The materials are available in both English and Spanish and are free of charge. Uh, you can also visit crsricebowl.org to find uh, free additional resources, including Lenten devotions and prayers, reflections for faith-sharing communities and youth uh, ministry groups. And uh, uh, if you have any questions about the CRS Rice Bowl, a great program, uh, call 916-733-0251, or you can go to CRS Rice Bowl at crs.org. And uh, that's from uh, Laura Rios, who's the coordinator of the Office of Catholic Charities and Social Concerns here in the Diocese of Sacramento. Well, we are just uh, pleased as can be to welcome in Father Bart Landry, who is the head of the Black Catholic Ministry here in the Diocese of Sacramento as we uh, head into Black History Month. Father Bart, always good to hear your voice. Good morning. How are you? Uh, doing very, very well. Doing better now that uh, we have have you on the phone. <laughs> Glad that you could take the time to be with us. Tell us a little bit. Uh, um, there, there, there's Black History Month uh, in, in general, in, in our general society here in the United States. There's also Black Catholic History Month, isn't there? Yes. Yes. Black Catholic History Month is in November. Right. In the time when we as specifically... Uh, black Catholics celebrate our our heritage uh, from specifically from our Christian faith, our, our Catholic Christian faith, and we celebrate the achievements and the accomplishments of so many of those who have gone before us, uh, who were really um, great examples of what it means to use our faith during our particular time. Mm -hmm. Very good. So, how, do, you, do you know how long we've had Black History Month here in the United States? Oh, Black Catholic History Month has been uh, a Black Catholic, uh, a Black History Month. I'm sorry, Black History Month uh, has been uh, celebrated for some time uh, uh, now. Um, sure, right, right uh, around uh, uh, sixty something years. Oh wow. Very good. So tell us, what what is your role as director of the Black Catholic Ministry in the Diocese of Sacramento? What, what, does, what does that ministry do and hope to accomplish? As, as coordinator for, for the Black Catholic Ministries in the Diocese of Sacramento, my role is to facilitate communication among the different uh, chapters, if you will, of the Black Catholic Ministry. Uh, there, there currently are three different chapters, uh, all belonging to one black Catholic ministry. Uh, the chapter at St. Anne's in mm -hmm. West Sacramento, mm -hmm. uh, the chapter at Good Shepherd uh, in Elk Grove, and the chapter at uh, St. Basil's in Vallejo. Okay. And my main uh, role is... Uh, coordinating and, and facilitating communication among all of them to help promote a, uh, a unified understanding of the black Catholic ministry. So neither one of these different chapters, uh, as I remind them, is neither one of them is, is the black Catholic ministries in the diocese, but all of them together make up Mm -hmm. Black Catholic ministry in the diocese. Wow, and we, we in the history in the, in the United States, um, uh, Catholicism among the Black population has been relatively low. Is that correct? Very much so. Uh, we're looking at at. Rough 
about 2%. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, that has not grown very much. And unfortunately, um, uh, it can be argued that it has actually dropped a little bit because um, uh, many of our uh, those who were uh, participating uh, and active uh, in the black Catholic ministry throughout the United States uh, and and beyond uh, have uh, have disaffiliated themselves and have gone to uh, other religions. They have hmm. gone to um, to places where they feel their their voices have been heard and their faces are seen. Uh, the, the struggle. Uh, that has uh, always plagued the black Catholic community is that they feel that uh, they are are not seen mm -hmm. and not heard. Mm -hmm. And so uh, some of our non-Catholic brothers and sister churches um, have really done uh, a better job and making sure that the, the the cultural diversity is is very visible among them. So, what can we do better? Um, I would. That's that's a loaded question, and mm -hmm. probably one that would take up about twenty radio shows. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> but in you know in a nutshell. Uh, I would think uh, reaching out to the voices of of those who are uh, asking uh, to be seen and heard uh, is a first big step. And I think that, I really believe that, in fact, that the, the Diocese of Sacramento is doing a uh, heroic job. Mm -hmm. you know, the uh, leadership of Bishop Soto has done a wonderful job to, to reach out and, and help uh, make uh, cultural diversity uh, a priority in the diocese. Mm -hmm. um, we, we are making, it is slow, but we are making um, uh, strides. Um, there is a, um, an article um, that I once read by Ralph E. Moore, Jr., uh, who said, in in his opinion, um, that the sainthood uh, process doesn't work for black Catholics and people of color uh, because they don't see us. Hmm. Hmm. And so I think that's, that that uh, uh, that begs the question: What are they seeing? What what is the church seeing? How are we coming together at the table uh, for dialogue? and being able to uh, accurately articulate uh, where, we, where we have that common ground and where we can grow uh, and change. Is, is, this, is this situation unique to the United States? No, by, by no means, mm -hmm. by no means. Uh, there are other areas that do it, uh, that... that uh, celebrate their diversity a little bit better uh, than we do uh, here in the United States, but it is by no means unique to the United States. Mm -hmm. And, and you, you look, uh, speaking about more than just just uh, the black population, you, you look at the, the different the number of different languages, uh, even here in the Diocese of Sacramento, that we celebrate Mass, and, and then it's, it's multiplied by probably triple in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles or the Archdiocese of New York or other places. Um, we are a very, a very diverse people. Absolutely. And uh, as I've, I've, I've mentioned to you uh, on the show before, um, we have in the the, the Catholic Church, the, the opportunity, the, the, the privilege uh, to really recognize and make visible uh, uh, through our, our uh, celebration of Pentecost, the birthday of the Church as, as we know it and as we refer to it, where people were speaking in their very tongues but all being understood. Mm -hmm. And so we have such a rich diversity of cultures and of peoples 
here in the United States that to really come and celebrate, put our energies into celebrating, we can help make more visible uh, God's beauty in creation through the celebration, uh, especially of our, our Eucharistic celebration. And I think that uh, this will be increasingly important that as we uh, look toward the Senate and uh, the renewed understanding of what it means for us to be a Eucharistic people mm-hmm. in, in celebrating uh, the Eucharist, it, it is also celebrating our diversity and our oneness. Yeah, you anticipate my next question is is how can we bridge this gap maybe through the Eucharistic revival? Uh, the Eucharist for all of us, uh, you know, is indeed the, the, the true and real presence God made visible among us, uh, Jesus Christ, body and blood, soul and divinity. And in Jesus Christ, uh, there is, uh, and, and has always been and will always be, uh, a unity, a unity uh, that, is, uh, uh, that, that, that speaks of uh, the vision uh, of God in the, in this, in the whole story of, of creation. And so as we celebrate the Eucharistic communities, it is not, uh, and, and honoring the, the diverse cultures, uh, it is not about uh, highlighting, if you will, one culture over another, but it is a time in which we can celebrate our oneness, the oneness of uh, the, the, the Eucharist, that the Eucharist uh, brings about uh, for us, makes it visible for us. Uh, it, it it is an, an opportunity where we learn. We learn about the richness of each culture in the Eucharist, which is central to our faith, and embracing that centrality uh, of the power of the Eucharist, we then become uh, not distinct from one another, but we become more a part of mm-hmm. each other. Yeah, beautifully put. Yeah, it's. I'm I'm so pleased with the the Eucharistic revival and and have such great hopes for it. And and I think this is this is indeed um, a turning point for us as as Catholics. Uh, you know, with the with with the revival, the revived understanding of what the, the, the Eucharist truly is. We are we are at a crossroads where. Uh, our understanding will grow in so many uh, different ways and reach so many different aspects of our lives. Uh, and central to that is recognizing who we are as a people. For if we can't recognize um, uh, Jesus in the faces of people who do not look like us, uh, it, it's going to be kind of hard for us yep. to recognize the face of Jesus in the Eucharist itself. Wow. So what's the, in your day-to-day life, what's the not uh, the toughest part of your job or your mission, uh, but, but, but where are the hurdles? Where are the, what what needs to happen to to in in your life, in, in in your dealings with people, uh, I would say that um, never give first, never giving up hope. Mm-hmm. Never giving up hope uh, that uh, this desire of the oneness, this desire of the unity, uh, and the expression, the rich expression of our Catholic faith, never giving up hope that it will be realized that we, we are taking very small steps, and but never give up hope because, uh, you know, so many people that I, that I speak with on a, on a daily basis, um, they have been, uh, in a sense, waiting for so long through their own heritage, through their own storytelling. They've been waiting for a while. 
child to see this happen. And so uh, they they become uh, they they sort of begin to despair. So to to really remind them, don't give up hope. Things are happening. It may not be happening uh, as quickly as we think they should or we would like them to happen, but they are happening. So so stay the course. And that's 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 one of the the, the big challenges. Reminding people to to never give up hope, to never walk away. Yesterday in the uh, in the gospel readings, uh, we talked about the uh, the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Mm-hmm. And in being that salt and being that light, uh, we are called uh, to never lose our flavor, to never lose our light, to continue to walk in those areas of darkness and allow the light of Christ that is within us to illuminate the darkness. But that light, that salt, uh, really begins to lose its purpose or its, its, its function, if you will, if we are not united in number, if we begin to uh, just to walk away. But we must stay. We, we, we must stay and, uh, and challenge not only um, uh, the church to grow, but challenge ourselves to be people of faith. Mm-hmm. So during, during this Black History Month of uh, February, um, is, as you look at society in, in general here in the United States, are we making progress? Um, yes and no. Yes, uh, in the sense that we are making the issue aware. We are speaking about the issue. Mm-hmm. And as I remind people, uh, that is uh, part of the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. In the past, we have not spoken enough. We have not spoken from a unified perspective. Um, and so when we come to the table uh, with uh, our intelligence, when, when we come to the, uh, with our uh, true identity and, and understanding, um, we are beginning the conversation. And that's where we are. We are beginning the conversation and talking about the elephant in the, in the middle of the room. Uh, and no... Um, because uh, there's still in our society today, uh, as, as you can see from the news and, and so many other uh, sources of media, that there is a great uh, polarization Absolutely. That, that, is, that is happening uh, in our world, in our society, and even in our church today. And lest we... Uh, fail to to address uh, uh, that polarization and begin the process of depolarization. Uh, we continue uh, to dehumanize and and uh, and not see uh, what needs to be seen, and that is the dignity of every human person which rises above uh, religion, which rises above politics, which rises above personal preference, which rises above uh, anything that we have created that divides us. When we do not address uh, the the polarization, uh, then we fail to see each other as humans, made in the image and likeness of God with a dignity that has been uh, divinely inspired. Well, you, you've, you've hit it on the head as far as I'm concerned in terms of the polarization. I, uh, in my lifetime, I just, I, I can't say I've ever seen it this polarized where people on the opposite side of an issue or a, a political issue, uh, we've seen it even in the pandemic, um, are aren't just uh, people that have a different opinion. They're the enemy. You know, they're, right. they're bad people. They're, you know, I mean, uh, they're, they're worth mocking and uh, uh, belittling, and it's just, it's, it's really destructive. 
it, it is very destructive, and we we do not truly recognize how deep this destruction is. Mm-hmm. It is so deep that it, it 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 destroys the dignity of the human person. Right. Right. Well. It, it it takes away from uh, God's plan of creation. Yet we never allow ourselves to think that far into how deep this polarization affects us. Why? Because if we don't think that far, then we, conti- then we can continue to falsely justify uh, the rhetoric, that is, the, the negative rhetoric that is being perpetuated among uh, different cultures and communities and races. Yeah, I, I have to always remind myself, uh, I think the, the toughest thing Jesus ever asked us to do was to love our enemies, <laughs> you know. It's easy enough to love your family and love your friends and uh, love the stranger and all that, but, boy, to to love your enemies, that's, that's a tough one. And, Absolutely, and that's where, you know, even, even within our church, uh, if you will, um, our sometimes personal responses— uh, for the lack of unity among Christians, among Catholics, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of uh, culture, race, creed, national origin, is that uh, we have uh, gotten so upset and so angry uh, that we can vilify, if you will, uh, the Church because of our anger. But it is in those moments that we should also remember that if we are going to continue to be a part of and and seek uh, recognition, seek our place at the table, uh, then we must also love that which makes us angry. Yep, yep, absolutely. Father Bart, always a joy to talk with you. Thanks so much for taking the time to be with us. Uh, we need to get you on a lot more often. Well, I'm, I'm always available, and uh, certainly at the Pastoral Center, I'm just around the corner from, <laughs> from, from you all uh, at the studio, so I'll be more than happy to always, uh, to, to always be with you. Well, thanks so much. Our prayers certainly go with you and uh, with your ministry. God bless you, Bob. God bless you, too, Father. Thanks so much. That's uh, Father Bart Landry, who's the coordinator of the Black Catholic Ministry here in the Diocese of Sacramento. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening. God bless everyone. We'll talk to you again soon. To the cross I look And to the cross I cling Of its suffering I do It's work I do sing On it must save you Both bruised and crushed Showing that God is love And God is just